welcome to the Dutill Sermons Podcast, a ministry of Dutill Church in Cranberry Township, PA. Each week we share the message from our Sunday services. Be sure to click subscribe and follow along every week. Today is the third part of our series on the Ten Commandments, which uncovers how the commandments serve as blueprints for abundant life. The message is titled, What's in a Name? and is based on Exodus 20, verse 7. Here now, this week's message from Senior Pastor Tom Parkinson. So my grandfather, Howard Parkinson, taught an ethics class at the local community college. And there was always a poster at the front of the room that carried his life's motto, Do what is right. Do what is right. It was a lesson that my grandfather not only taught to his students, but that he instilled in his family. Do what is right, even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, even when it's going to cost you something or it's unpopular. Always do what is right. There is nobody in my family who's taken that teaching more seriously than my oldest brother. And my my older brother always tries to do what's right. And there are many times in my life when I've not wanted to do what's right and my older brother has been the voice of reason. I can remember a time in my life when I was struggling to do the right thing because the right thing was a hard thing and a costly thing. And my brother said to me, Thomas, he always calls me Thomas, Thomas, you need to remember you're a Parkinson and we do the right thing. What was my brother doing in that moment? But he was reminding me that my grandfather had values that he instilled within us, and those values became attached to our name. And he reminded me that I bear the name Parkinson, and that name is bigger than me. And if I'm going to have that name, then I have a responsibility to live in such a way as to bring honor to our family name by embodying the values that come with being a Parkinson. So do what's right. And what my brother was teaching me in that moment is that names matter. Our names are more than just ways that we identify each other, but our names carry something of our character and our reputation. If I say the name Serena Williams, what comes to your mind? Or what if I say Bill Gates or Mother Teresa or Adolf Hitler? In just the saying of those names, something of their character, something of their accomplishments, something of their values for good or for ill comes to mind because names matter. Names carry meaning. Your name matters too. As a matter of fact, I bet your name matters to you. You want your name to be associated with good things and with things that you value. And you don't want your name sullied by association with negative things. If I told you that I read your name in the newspaper, you would probably be anxious to read it because you want to know what's being said about you. And if your name is in the community good news section, you'll be happy. And if your name is in the legal briefings, you'll be horrified. Because our names matter, and, and the association of our names, it means something. Well, if our names matter to us, 
How much more does God's name matter to God? In Exodus chapter 3, Moses encountered God for the first time in the burning bush. And in the midst of that moment, Moses asked God for his name. What's your name, God? And you remember God's response, the mysterious name of God, I am who I am. And from that time forward, God has been known as the great I am. And that name has great meaning because it means God is the one whose very being, whose very existence is God's name. So God's name is made known when God's characteristics come forth, when God shows grace and compassion and mercy to the Israelites, God would say, I'm making my name known to you. The name of God is equivalent to the actions and the words and the power and the majesty of God. God's name is God's glory. Jesus is the only Son of God. And just as a father gives his name to his children, so Jesus is the living embodiment of the name of God. And so Jesus lifts high God's name because he, he demonstrates the power and the majesty and the authority of God's name in the way that he lives. And it is in that reading from Acts 4 that Carlin shared with us that we see the power of Jesus' name. When Peter or John are asked to, to describe by what authority they have performed a miraculous healing, they say it's by the power of the name of Jesus. And when they are pressed further, they say those famous words in Acts 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus is so powerful that the very power of salvation is contained in this name. And the result is that you and I, when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, hallowed be thy name, meaning, God, your name is holy. God, your name is special. God, your name is lifted up. And when we praise the Lord our God, what do we do? We lift high the name of Jesus. Names matter. And God's name matters. And God's name is holy and righteous. And God's name is worthy of adoration and reverence and praise. That's God's name. Now, you've got to have that in your mind when you come to the third commandment. Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. Now, when we hear that commandment, we might ask ourselves, why so serious? 
Why is God so insistent that nobody gets held guiltless who misuses God's name? Is God so insecure that God can't stand it if somebody says a bad word about him? Or is God no better than Will Smith at the Oscars? Get your name out of my mouth, slap. Is that how God is? That's not quite what the commandment's getting at. The third commandment is built on this truth, that our words are a reflection of our hearts, that what comes out of our lips originates from deep inside of us. Now, the first two commandments are heart commandments. You shall have no other gods before me, and you shall not create for yourself an idol. Those are commandments that say, in your heart be devoted to God and God alone. The third commandment says, let your lips reflect what's true in your heart. And if in your heart you are devoted to God, then let the way that you speak reflect that truth. So when I read the third commandment, it makes me ask a question of myself. Does the way that I speak about God reflect that my heart is devoted to God? Am I saying with my lips what I believe in my heart? And in my heart, I believe that God is holy. And in my heart, I believe that God is all-powerful. And in my heart, I believe that every breath I take and every beat of my heart is because of the, the goodness and grace of God and that I am reliant upon God for everything. And if I believe that in my heart, does the way I talk about God reflect that truth? And if it doesn't, that I'm misusing God's name. Now, I believe that the third commandment is one of the most brazenly ignored commandments of all ten. Everywhere we look in the world around us, God's name is misused, and most of the time we don't think it's that serious. And I wonder what that says about the condition of our hearts. Now, how is it that God's name is misused, you might ask? Well, I think there are three primary ways in which we misuse God's name. First, we misuse God's name when we use it frivolously. In Exodus 20, verse 7, when it says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, the word misuse could also be translated in vain or worthlessly or in an empty way. You shouldn't use God's name worthlessly, frivolously. And yet, how often do we attach God's name to the most insignificant of things? We live in the OMG generation. People say OMG constantly. And 99.9% .9 of the time, whatever they're reacting to or talking about doesn't really matter. Or how many times have you said, I swear to God, and the thing you said next isn't holy, isn't important, is totally insignificant. And this is a frivolous use of God's name. But the frivolity goes beyond the mundane. We use God's name frivolously when we use God's name as a swear word. And this 
has become commonplace in television and movies these days. Have you noticed this? JC and GD everywhere, and people act like it's just a normal way to speak. But what are we doing in that moment? But we're taking the holy name of God, and we're using it to express unholy feelings. And when we use God's name frivolously, what does it say about what's in our hearts? Because I know what you're thinking. You could be thinking to yourself, well, of all the sins there are in the world, of all the evil there is in the world, why are we picking on a few words that slip out of our mouths? But my question is this, if we can so loosely throw around God's name so frivolously, then are our hearts really surrendered to God? Do we really know who we're talking about? Do we really understand the majesty and the magnitude of this God? We misuse God's name when we speak it frivolously. Secondly, we misuse God's name when we commit forgery with God's name. What is forgery? It's the unauthorized use of somebody's name. If I take a document that you've never read, that you've never consented to, and I sign your name to it, that's forgery. If I take something that you never said and I attribute it to you, that's forgery. And how many times do we commit forgery with God's name? Look at human history. How many people have done ungodly things in the name of God. And how many times has God's name been used to justify violence and evil and injustice? And even beyond those big moments of evil, how many times do we use God's name just to validate what we want? A few years ago, we were interviewing some people for a job here at the church, and a woman came, and when I asked her why she felt qualified for the job, she said to me, God told me I'm supposed to have this job. And I thought to myself, well, maybe God is opening the door for you to be here, but that sounds like forgery to me because it sure seems to your benefit for God to have said that. She doesn't work here, right? It's a forgery to use God's name for your own profit or to use God's name for your own agenda. That's a forgery. We misuse God's name when we forge God's name. And thirdly, we misuse God's name when we use God's name flippantly. A flippant use of God's name is when it's not so much that there's something wrong with the words we say, but what's in the heart and what's on the lips, they're not aligned at all. We're just going through the motions. We can say the right thing, but we don't really believe it in our hearts. And God does not like for God's name to be used flippantly. Through the prophet Isaiah, God condemned this in Isaiah 29, 13. God says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What is God saying? They're using my name flippantly. They're saying all these flowery things about me, but they don't really mean it. Jesus condemns this practice in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, don't go on babbling. Don't go on with all your flowery speech and your prayers. Either it's a heartfelt prayer to God or it's not. Don't use God's name flippantly. And yet, how many times have we gone through the motions and we said our prayers in Jesus' name, but we didn't really mean it? We didn't really think about the magnitude of what we were asking or saying. 
We misuse God's name when we use it frivolously, when we commit forgery with it, when we use it flippantly, and it happens all the time. Well, if that's a misuse of God's name, we might ask, what's a proper use of God's name? How do we properly use the name of God? While the old proverb is true, actions speak louder than words. If you want to use God's name well, the best way to do that is to live a life that brings glory to God's name. Right, what did my brother say to me? You've got a name, Parkinson, and you've got a responsibility to live in such a way as to honor the family name. Well, don't you know that you have a name too? And that name is child of God. Over the last few weeks, we've had the privilege as a church of baptizing multiple people. And when we baptize people, we baptize them in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Baptism is a kind of naming ceremony. And when we are baptized, the water symbolizes God cleansing us of our sin, but it also symbolizes our birth into the family of God. When we're baptized, we are adopted as children of God. And just as our Father gave us His name, so our Heavenly Father gives us His name. And when we're baptized, we become bearers of the name of God. And the best way to use that name is to live in such a way that your life would give honor to God's name through your words and through your actions. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 3, verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We want our words and our actions, the very living of our lives, to become God's signature in the world. We want God's name to be known through the way we live. And so when we embody the heart of Jesus, when we embody that heart of grace and compassion, of spirit and truth, in that moment we are bearing God's name to the world. Well, many of us were baptized so long ago that we don't remember it. And if we're honest about it, it is easy for us to not live in such a way as to bring glory to God's name. And the good news of the gospel is that God's forgiveness and grace is always available and that we can wake up and remember the name that we bear and that we can always choose a new path. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Dewtail Church. A great way to respond to the message is to click on the discussion guide in the episode description. The guide is designed to help you reflect on the sermon individually or with a small group. We'd love to have you join us at Dewtail Church for our weekly worship services. We worship at 9.30 and 11 on Sunday mornings, and you can worship with us in person or live online at dewtailchurch.org. Please join us on the podcast for next week's message. In the meantime, may the Lord bless you and keep you.